It is. But it tastes disgusting. Unless you put like a disgusting amount of creamer and sugar in it. Yeah. And I was severely disappointed by my organic coffee experience. I just wanted some nice cherry. It was the time that I was craving cherry pie. Yeah. And I couldn't find cherry pie, so I was just trying to fill the void with whatever cherry thing there was. Okay. And it did not fulfill or fill any void. In fact, it created a deeper void full of sadness and bad coffee. I, I have a spot for you on a Brookshire Road, and this is Black Lady. She makes all kinds of pies. Sweet potato pie, apple pie, cherry pie, oh, sure, like really? all the pies. So it's like whenever I have a date where it's just like I want to just gorge on pies, like she, and she makes miniature like personal pies. Oh, really? So I'll get like one personal sweet potato, one personal apple pie, <laughs> one personal like three. You get like all of the pies. Yeah, well, like, like three to four, right. you know, enough for like a day or sitting or sitting and a half, yeah. you know, and just go the fuck in. What's, what's this lady's name? Uh, Natalie, Nancy, starts with the N. It's, it's N-word person. Damn, N-word. <laughs> <laughs> it's N-word spies. <laughs> so stop by N-word spies on, uh, on Brookshire. <laughs> N-word spies. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want some of N-words pie? Yep. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it didn't help that at the beginning you specifically said that she was a black lady. She was a black lady, like Nancy <laughs> or Natalie or something, but N-word, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Natalie, Nancy, whatever the fuck you're welcome yeah. for that rebranding. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, drop me that address, though. <laughs> if I will, I will. Because I'm yeah. craving some fucking, I've been craving some awesome. pie for like two months. It's, it's pretty it's awesome. It's upsetting. All right. Anyway, I guess I should do the thing the where we thing, say yeah. that we're in. Yeah. W- welcome back to the Fulfill and Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Archie, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And I guess we're eating N-word pies at the end of the day. Yeah, those <laughs> shits were amazing, though. <laughs> Yo, like I, I was telling like, on the way up, like, I felt like I wasted an entire day just from sleeping for, like, 14 hours or so. Right. But it's like, I think my body needed that shit. Oh, well, there's no well, reason you slept for 14 oh, hours. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. And I kind of, like, pushed the issue with it, too. You know, because I was already super tired, and it's like I do this diet, you know, through the week. So on Saturday, I went and got a gallon or a, like a, is that a gallon, like a full thing of ice cream or whatever? Uh, like a pint. A pint? They call yeah, like a, a full, it felt like bigger than a pint. It's like that big. Oh, you, you might have gotten a gallon, the gallon of ice yeah. cream. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got a gallon of ice cream and uh, a gallon of milk. And I took it home and I split the gallon of ice cream, I mean, uh, the gallon of ice cream in half and put it in a blender. Right. So it's like you can't f- fit the full half gallon of ice cream in the blender at first. Right. But if you split it in half and then blend that and liquefy that, and then you can put the <laughs> other half in there. So it's like I drank a milkshake of half a gallon of ice cream. Yes. And then about 20 minutes later, I was like, you know what? Let, let's go ahead and do that again. <laughs> so with, within a one hour time frame, I drank an entire gallon of ice cream. Yes. And and when when and, and sitting down and thinking about that, like how long it would take to like spoon by spoon to eat a whole gallon, and I did that in one hour by drinking it. It's like my body was like on overdrive, and it was like, all right, now we're we're, we're happy about that you did what you wanted to do. You got all that ice cream, you got all that sugar, you got all that food in you. But in order for us to deal with that inside your body, we're gonna need to shut everything else down <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the day for us to be able to deal with this. <laughs> so, <laughs> your body's like, dude, listen, I'm glad, but like nothing can happen. Nothing like, else. You shows your fate at yep. the end of this. Yep, we're shutting your brain down. We're shutting everything else down. All motor for everything. You're going to be asleep for the next 14 hours, and we're going to deal with this. So good for you that you had what you wanted, but now we're going to have to work. This is our problem now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know that feeling. It's the best. It I, had is, that, I had that on Friday, because yeah. like Thursday was my last day of classes. Nice. So How I'm long f- you got off? Uh, Three weeks. Well, yeah, that's, that's not bad. I work like half the week, yeah. like every time, but whatever. Yeah. 
uh, but like three weeks. And mm. so I got like three weekends to chill. Nice. And like on Friday, I just ate mm. so fucking much. What did you have? I you went to McDonald's and I got a double quarter pounder. A double quarter, all right. And I got a 20-piece nuggets. Okay. And then I drove to Chick-fil-A. What kind of sausage did you get with those 20 pieces? Honey mustard. Honey mustard. Did you, only honey mustard? Only, only honey mustard. You, you didn't, there's 20 nuggets now. You could have switched it up with a little sweet and sour. I could have. You know? But I, I like I the, because here's what happened. Here's right, what I right, did. Right. I got the 20 nuggets with the honey mustard, yep. and then I drove to Chick-fil-A, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I got a vanilla milkshake. Okay. And then the honey mustard, the tangy of the honey mustard with the, the sweetness the, the of the vanilla milkshake yeah, yeah. are fucking amazing. Now I'm with you. Yeah. And I ate all of that shit, just shoved it in my fucking face. Yes. Double quarter pounder, 20-piece nuggets, and a and whole milkshake. milkshake. Yes. And then... While I sat in my couch after eating all this shit, mm -hmm. I literally just passed out. Yes. Yes. My body just went like, dude, whatever the fuck you just did, mm -hmm. if we don't do something about it, it's going to kill you. Mm -hmm. Shut so it you're down. Yep. You're, you're down. Yep. You're done. Mm -hmm. And I woke up four hours later with like the, the like meat sweats. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like, Ugh. Yeah. The most unhealthy thing I've done in like fucking ever. Totally And it was it. amazing. Totally Absolutely amazing. Yes. I love it. We'll do it again. <laughs> 10 yeah. out of 10. Yes. I yeah. agree. Never gonna turn my phone off. Never gonna do that. No. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Phone's I mean, not even in the room this time. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, man, like I'm done with classes. I'm relaxing for the rest of the week. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just chilling. I'm watching. I, I finally got the chance to watch Upgrade, which oh, I've been, oh, yeah, yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. looking forward to for a while. How was it? It was, it was really fun. It wasn't amazing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like something groundbreaking, yeah. but it was hella fun. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it, it caught me off guard. A okay. little bit. I thought it was gonna be a happy ending. It was not a happy ending. That sounds like I want to see that. Yeah, it okay. was. It was. It was definitely like way sadder than I thought it would be. I love that. All right. And um, uh, and I really liked it. I right. really recommend it. I think the the action scenes are shot amazingly. You, you would you, is it still in the theaters right now? Yeah. Would you recommend like spend your money to see it or like just see it in general? I think the the only way that I would be wary for you to spend money seeing it mm. is because it's an action, predominantly an action movie. Mm. Um, but the action is shot really interestingly. So, like, if you're looking for, like, just a fun movie to, yeah. like, just go watch, sit in the theater and watch something, yeah. I think it's, it's it's a good movie to go pay. Okay. Um, I really I really enjoyed it. I nice. think the story was nothing to write home about. Yeah. Um, it's a very classic story, but the way it was presented, the action scenes, mm -hmm. the cinematography for the action scenes was really fun. Nice. And, like, it had a bit of, like, comedy ingrained into everything that's, that happened. Yeah, I like that. And considering how dark the movie gets at the end, it was really fresh to see some comedy added into that. So Very cool. I think it's a really fun movie. I really liked it. Uh, I recommend it to anyone that's into just like fun action, action movies. Okay. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, yeah. And then uh been watching Boku no Hero. I've, I, I haven't yeah. seen most of uh, this new season, season three. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I've been watching. It's getting lit. I, I believe. It's getting lit. In yeah. the episode I'm in, uh, All for One finally shut up. Oh, shit. It's good. It's fucking it's okay. awesome. I read the manga, so I know everything yeah, that happens yeah. for like Yep. The next two seasons, but yeah. like, holy shit. Oh, man. Shit's lit. The animation's fantastic. I got to get back on, yeah. Yeah. It's, I think, I think like, either this episode or next week's episode is the last one of the season. Okay. So you should just be able to just, like, sit to binge, down yeah. and binge it. I'm, uh, I'm three episodes in on season three. So, yeah, as soon as it's, it, it's over, yeah, I'm binging my ass off. It's, it's worth it. It's so good. I fucking love that anime. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've been meaning to ask, how's the whole uh, sex worker whore situation happening? No, no more, uh, no more of the uh, the sex workers at the uh, the door. That's that's good. <laughs> that hasn't happened in the uh, the past six days or since we reported again. Okay. But I mean, hey, if there is, I'll, I'll update. <laughs> I still <laughs> want sure to know what the fuck happened, man. How man, did like three of them? <laughs> I, like we, I was at the point to where um, 
apparently there's a, a different address. We live at um, whatever our address is that right, I'm not going right. to give out on the air. It's very similar to where the address that the people are looking for. So uh. I was ready to just put in the address to the, the GPS and find out who this is. You know, because <laughs> our, ours ends in 1-8 and the address they're looking for ends in 1-0. Oh. Yeah, so I'm like, I want to just see who this is. You know, they might be somebody fun to hang out with. <laughs> you know, whoever this is. So I love it. And just show up at your house. It's like, dude, you're prostitutes all, all over my shit. Yeah. And yeah. just like fuck up his whole marriage situation. You know, he's got a, whatever he's going on, you know, they might be in on it together. You know, turns out your your neighbor Charlie Sheen. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be pretty great. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Man, there was a um have you seen the thing with, with Comcast, how they outbid Disney for Fox? They have the outbid fuck? Disney. How the fuck did does Comcast outbid Disney? Because Comcast got everything. that money. They got that money. Disney got that money, but Comcast got that, that money. money. Yeah, they, uh, they bid $62.5 billion, <sighs> more than $12 billion more than, uh, than Disney. So the end result is what I'm angry about is Fantastic fucking four. Oh, yes, you're right. That you're right. That I mean, it's just like Fox were finally Fox was finally about to come up off all of that, and Disney was just going to own it for better or for worse. It would just all be in one it place. Would just be Disney. Though. Yes, yes. You know, but like I said, for better or for worse, that Disney has it all. But at least it's all in one place. Right. You know. But now that um, that Comcast has outbid Disney for Fox. There's no telling what's going to happen now no. with my Fantastic Four, with uh, the X-Men. It's just, I don't, I don't know anymore. It's going to be a clusterfuck now. It is, and I'm, I'm upset about Hopefully it. Hopefully Disney can still acquire the movie licenses from Comcast. <sighs> then that would be a thing. It's just like... There's a fight, though. Yeah, Comcast and Disney fight. are in like a huge fight. What the fuck is Comcast going to do? Everybody hates you. Yeah. Everybody hates Comcast. Yep. Nobody wants your internet. Mm-mm. Nobody, nobody's gonna watch anything you produce under no. the name Comcast. No. Gonna, oh, those are those cunts that keep taking away my internet every mm-hmm. time it's working properly. Yep. What are you going to do with that, Comcast? You, you got nothing. You got nothing. You spend 61 money, 61.5? Uh, 62.5 billion dollars. 62.5 billion dollars on the fucking drink because your name is just going to tarnish everything that it touches. Uh, You're like the anti-Midas. It's, it's the, the sad thing about it is like they're so big that it's just you can't really get away from them. It's like you sure. have to spend your money to them for some type of reason, even though you hate it. Yeah. And it's just they keep on acquiring more business after more business to where you can't even get away from them. Nope. You know, or it's like, and, and if you do, it's just it's such an inconvenience on, of your life just to not deal with them. <laughs> that's, that's the sad part about it. <laughs> that should so be their sad. slogan. It's an inconvenience to not deal with us. Yeah. <laughs> and I just... <laughs> It really yes. should be. Yeah. I fucking hate Comcast and like Spectrum and Time One and all these people. Like, I just want Google Fiber. I just want yes. Google Fiber. I would love it. I would love Just get here, Google. Yeah. Just get here. In our area, please. Yes. Fucking please, Google. What's in your house, like in the Google area? Supposedly, but uh, they never, like, the. What, you have a neighborhood, and the majority of the neighborhood has to vote yes for Google Fiber uh, in order for your neighborhood to get it. Right. So the, the most of it is in like Ballantyne and very um, Providence right. Road and the nice areas to where. Everybody was like, yeah, sign us up for that Google Fiber. Get rid of this bullshit. Yeah. And the areas that we're in, it's like, oh, well, we've had this, you know, internet provider for this long. And even though it is cheaper and yada, 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 no, we're just going to stick to what we've been doing. Fuck out of here. I hate people like it, that. I mean, because they don't even understand, you know, what megabytes per second mean. Right. Gigabytes per second mean they don't understand any of that. You know, so it's like it doesn't mean anything to them that you can upload something a thousand times faster because they don't even know what the difference between an upload and a download is. This is true. <laughs> you know, this like is that, true. that stuff doesn't mean anything to them. And it's, it's sad for me, man. That's so frustrating. Yeah. I'm I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> yeah we, we're in it together. Anything yeah. else? Anything that you've seen? Uh, on television or movies recently, not too much. I feel like I have, but nothing super of note that's just coming directly to my mind. Fair enough. Only like big thing that I've been thinking about a lot is the California vote that they're trying to split California into three separate states now. 
Yeah, like I, I, I when I first heard it a few months ago, I'm like, okay, that'll go away very quickly, right? You know, but it hasn't, and it's building steam, and now the vote is there to where it's like I'm just seeing it everywhere, and I'm like, is that is it like, like California will be one state in three different sub states? It would like be three, three separate, three states. separate states completely to so, where if you lived in if you lived in Southern California yeah. and you wanted to have you got a scholarship to somewhere up north, now that's out of out state, state tuition, out of state tuition. So we would have essentially fifty three states. Yes. I'm a, here's why I'm upset about that. Yeah. People well, well, 52 states. 52? No, we have 50 states. If we have 50 states... Then oh, right, because that's two. 52 yeah. states. You know what I'm upset? I'm upset about that. Yeah. Um, no, fuck that. Okay. Because when Puerto Rico wanted to become a state, oh, yeah, yeah. everybody was bitching about, yep. oh, we can't have 51 states. Nope. 50's enough. Mm-hmm. If you have 52, I am going to shit on the mouth of everyone that voted yeah. to get 52 states when you were angry about 50 fucking one. I like that logic. You pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. If that happens, I'm going to be... So fucking mad. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like like I'm mad politically. Mm. I'm just mad logically. Yes, I, I'm with you. What the fuck? Yes. You were angry <laughs> about 51. Yeah, mm. 51 is a little too much. And then you're going to put 52? Suck my cock. Uh, man, I love that angle. Mm. I did not even think about that going mm. into this. Yes. But yes, that, that is a good-ass logical point. Like, it's why not? Fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Huh. Well, so if, if, if there are 52 states, mm-hmm. within the year, yep. I want to see 53. I'm with that. And one of them has to be put, like, the, the next state has to be Puerto Rico. I'm 100% with that. If there are 52 states yep. within the year, mm-hmm. 53. Yes. That's all I want. I want 55. Yeah. Want yeah, fuck it. Let's go 60. Let's just, let's just <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? While, while we're at it, I think there are a lot of states that should we should consolidate all of this I, shit. I agree. You know, North Carolina, South Carolina, one state. One state. North Dakota, South Dakota, one, one state. state. You know, even Mississippi. Wyoming, get rid of it. Or why? You know what? Wyoming, Montana, like all of that, one state. Put, one that, put that together. State. Uh, Mississippi and Alabama, you're one state now. You know, do we need <laughs> do we need both of y'all separately? No. no. Tennessee and uh, Kentucky, you're one state. One state. <laughs> you know, let's just make the United States of America the mm. United State of the United America. State. Just one state. That's all we need. Oh, we're, mm. we're the we're the United State. We're United that's States. All we need. Nope. I just it's, and, and it doesn't even have a name. It's just state. Just state. Like on the map. No. Yeah. Fuck you, USA. Shenanigans is what it is. Bullshit. Instead of worrying about the kids that are dying in mm. fucking immigration camps. Nope. Yeah, let's get 52 states. That matters. Yes. Fuck top top of the agenda. What even is the benefit of splitting California into three? I, you know, I, I'm, I assume there's some kind of monetary benefit for somebody out there. Right. But it doesn't make any logical sense to me. You know? I'm more upset mm. by that than I should be, admittedly. I don't like it. I think so. I don't like it either. I don't like it. It fucks with it too much. Yeah. Uh, on 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 the topics of news that are fucked up, mm. um, there's so apparently kids are being held like I mean, like kids that are separated from their parents by immigration. Oh yeah, I've heard they're being held yeah. in a fucking Walmart, yeah. like an abandoned Walmart, and yeah. what essentially becomes a concentration camp. Yeah. And then not only are they being held, but fucking Trump said that he would make changes to legislation to prevent the holding of these kids in this mm. abandoned Walmart mm. if people start funding the wall. So, essentially, we've got a precedent holding a bunch of brown kids uh, ransom to build a fucking wall to separate them from their, their, for the reason that they're there in the first place. That's insane. It's absolutely insane that we've allowed the current, like, we've, we've allowed America, like, North America to be that. Yeah. You know, our precedent is holding kids ransom. Yeah. just want to say that. 
to build a fucking wall. Well, well, let's, well let's not bring Canada into this. You know, yeah. just, just the United States. Because North Amer- all of North America isn't Oh, yeah, right. North America includes Canada. I yeah, just, so I, like, I, I wanted to yeah. exclude South yeah, America. We don't, don't want to drag Canada into and this. Into <laughs> our bullshit. Canada, you're fine. <laughs> you're, you're good, Canada. Justin Trudeau, you're a sweetheart. <laughs> yep. Let's talk about the bit, bit, like, like the bit between Canada yeah. and, and Mexico. Yes. That shit's fucked. Yes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> we should just burn it all down yep. and give it back to England for a couple of decades mm-hmm. and then see what happens. I'm going to follow that for a little while. Yeah, because at this point, it's just fucking, it's, it's, it's chaos. It's chaos. Everything's falling apart, mm. and I don't see it getting any better. Not anytime soon. And then fucking Trump has recently decided to put tariffs, 25% tariffs, mm. on the allies, and, wow. which means that... On our allies. On our allies. That's insane. Canada and Mexico both have 25% tariffs, including China. So we're just not going to be dealing business with, with our friends anymore. Well, yeah. <laughs> so it's, that's pretty much what it is because now Canada and the other places, I don't know if Canada did, but a couple of the other places when like, why? Yeah. So we're just going to put 25% tariffs on you. Exactly. That's exactly and, what will happen. And, and, then they, and then Trump went like, well, if you do that, we're just not going to trade with you. Okay. And then the other countries went... Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cut yourself off, I guess. Like, who does yeah. who does he think the United States is? Like, right. we're big on importing, but what are we exporting we here? We don't like, export a goddamn thing. We export human weapons software. That's what I'm saying. We, entertainment is like, when you look at the things that the United States exports, like, entertainment is at, like, the top of the list. Yeah. You know, we entertain the world, but they're going to be able to get that regardless. Like, you can't yeah. stop that. You know, we don't have the resources. Like, we don't have that. That's why we're doing all this business with everyone yep. else in the world. So it's like, if you're going to stop trading, like, we're kind of fucked. Yeah, <laughs> no, the economy is going to crash immensely. If yeah. that goes through. Mm. And then not only is that happening, but then immigration, like people that do the work that, like farming work mm-hmm. and work that is predominantly immigration based, yeah. uh, the companies that do that work are having trouble staying afloat because Trump's getting rid of all the fucking immigrants yeah. that are doing the work. Doing and then no do. Americans want to do it because they're Americans. Mm-hmm. They're not going to fucking dirty their hands to do it. Sure. So I guess we're fucked economically. And uh, yeah. like in the in the next six months, some shit's yeah. gonna go down. I guess. I mean, gas has gone up uh, pretty steadily over the past two weeks now. Right. Haven't been liking that. But I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get too um, too like up in arms just yet because yeah. I, I see where it looks like it's going, but it's just like time will tell. But yeah, I, I don't like where the trajectory though. Yeah, yeah. Like I like it's it's just it's insane that someone's just like, hey, for no reason, Canada and Mexico. How about you pay us twenty five percent more to do the importing? Yeah that we desperately need mm. to keep our businesses afloat. Yeah. Why the fuck? Mm. Anyway, apart from Trump, which is just the thing that's been like... I, I, I saw Sage yesterday, and the, the, he brought this all up to me, mm. which is why I'm fucking thinking about it. Uh, but uh, also, Chris Hardwick. Yeah. Yeah, another fucked up situation with Chris Hardwick. I read the, the article by Chloe. Did you, did you read his response to it? I did not. He, I didn't know who responded. I thought he was saying pretty shut up. Nah, nah, he, he responded the next day oh, about what did he it. Say? Um basically he denied a lot of it and that was that. It's like he 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 basically he took the points down on um on what was it, Chloe was her name? Yeah, Chloe yeah. Distra. Yeah, she had uh, on hers, I read hers, and it was um she had like a five point thing, whatever, like one, two, three, or five, mm-hmm. and then he went through listing basically having a rebuttal for each thing or right. just flat out denying different things. So it's at a he said, she said, and like I said, I, I have that written down to the of what Chris Hark and uh Jamie Foxx uh, he allegedly slapped uh slapped a woman with his penis at a, a party in 2002. Okay. So it's like that that happened too. So it was just like with those 
it's that's a subject that's so touchy now yeah. that with the Chris Hardwick thing, it's like I I don't want to just go ahead and say you're a monster type person. It's like this is your relationship from five to seven years ago, and I can't side with Chris Hardwick Chris Hardwick at all. Yeah. But I also don't want to go ahead and you know exile him and destroy his career just yet. Either. Yeah. Well, the the. The nerdists responded. The company responded. Oh, they already. they exiled him yeah. immediately. Well, yeah, well, he was done with the contract anyway mm-hmm. at the, the end of last year. If so they just they took just, his name, but even as the the founder of Nerdist, just removed they, his name just removed completely, totally. Yeah. Which I think is like as far as the company goes, like that's the best thing you could possibly do. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, until like I said, they said until further notice. Like right. if if it comes out that if this goes any further, then he's completely legitimate and you know not guilty of all those things, and you put it back up there. But yeah, right. I agree. Immediately disassociate yourself no. as far as that brand, you know, for now. Yeah. It, it, it it's just fucked up because I mean it is our industry like it mm. is the industry that I want to participate in and yeah. it, it just sucks that I gotta now be careful every time I you know idolize somebody in the industry oh definitely should not to like to like just be like oh yeah no I really like what that person's doing and then having two weeks later come out with the fact that they were shithead about something I mean yeah. for so long and I like I, I it's just like I gotta navigate that and then, like, I feel bad for all the victims that are navigating all the shit that all, all they wanted to do was, like, you know, get the dream career. And suddenly they're dealing with all this PTSD from some abusive cockhead, like, from seven years ago. It's just fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's not a good situation no. at all. And like I said, we, we've had this discussion a number of times, like from the Louis C.K. thing to Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. Aziz Ansari. And it's just same, the same sentiment applies for me is just have to separate, you know, the art from the artist. Right. And even seeing this with Kanye West recently, it's like from what the person is doing or, or um, Woody Allen, there's just, just person, artist after artist after artist to where it's just I can't have heroes just period, you know, right, you know, yeah. at all. That's what I've been learning, too. Like, there's yeah. just no point in having, like, heroes in, in the industry. Oh, no, not 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 at all. I mean, not not li- even even um, heroes or, or quote-unquote heroes that have passed on. Mm-hmm. You would think someone like Mother Teresa, you'd be like, oh, well, that, that she can be a hero, but then you go back and... Oh, she was a huge cunt. Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's almost getting to common knowledge now yeah. that Mother Teresa wasn't as great and holy as everyone right. viewed her so as. So was Gandhi. Gandhi was also a cunt. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly what I'm saying. So it's just like, and, but also, Mother Teresa did do some good things, yes. you know, but for what reason? And this is a very nuanced conversation because you can go even go down the line and be like, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln did some great things, but for what reason? Right. You know, so it's just, it's just, it's, you really, it's, it's a difficult conversation to have, but you really have to separate yourself from the actual person, yeah. you know, and the things that this person is doing. I mean, it's, it's, it's rough, man. It, 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 it is weird. It's a weird social climate to yeah. navigate. In the like in the last couple of years, oh, it's yeah. been weird. I mean, it's 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 to the point to where I'm I'm not I'm not monitoring myself as far as a uh, all right. So this uh, the Chris Hardwick thing came up, mm-hmm. and to, uh, the same day I was in my car and there's this song, this album that I really like by a guy named uh, JB Blockboy or Blockboy JB. Okay. And the entire mixtape is heavily misogynistic, right? Very much, as a lot of rap music is. Yes. And I'm listening to this where the the music blared up, and it's just like, um, what is it, bitch? I ain't with none of that shit, ho. Get me some guards from the stove, bitch. I ain't with like over and over and over right. and over and over again. And it's just like, and track after track after track, and I'm just like, okay, this. I'm listening to this music, but it's just like, don't come for me 
10 years from now and then you look at my Spotify track list from right, seven yeah. years ago and just see that I listen to majority, heavily misogynistic music that puts women in a very, you know, degrades women. It's just, yeah. it makes my character look terrible. So I'm, I'm just saying it's like, even though you haven't, you know, taken advantage of a woman in your workplace, like a Louis C.K., mm -hmm. taken advantage of a woman in a relationship, you know, like a Aziz Ansari or a uh, Chris Hardwick, mm -hmm. you know, it's just the line can go further and further and further to where it's just like, when I seen the Louis C.K. thing, I'm like, okay, I'm not that kind of person, you know, right. to where I would do that. And then I'll see the, Louis, the Aziz Ansari thing, and I'm like, all right, like, I wouldn't go that far with a woman to make her uncomfortable, you know, in my relationship that right. far. Although, right. you know, there's it's a little great, but, like, what he was doing, it's like, I wouldn't do that. But then I'm like, how far can the line go yeah, to yeah, where I'm, like, sure. to where I'm flagging myself, to where, okay, no, that be, I am doing that. Right. You know, so it's just... And then, like, correcting it and, like, the whole bit. Yeah. And the whole thing. And it, it's... It, it it is it is a weird exercise in self reflection. Yes. Every time one of these things come up, yeah. Because you're just like, fuck, I I don't think I'm doing that, but like, I gotta reevaluate like yeah, what's happening. Because we're, we're we're doing something, and it's just like you. I would hate to hear you know ten years down from down the line, and then like, oh, careers are going great right yeah. now. Then let's see what we can find from the past, and where you're just constantly aware of these things that can come back on you. Yeah. So it's like when you're when in the climate that we're in now, it's like where you're conscious of how your current behavior can come back on you in the in the future. Mm -hmm. It's just you really have to be cognizant of it. So yeah. I'm just. And that's what I'm saying now is just like trying to make sure there's nothing within my behavior currently or in the past that I will be ashamed of 10 years from now yeah. with the way things are graduating. Right. I've never had the uh, I've never had that problem partly because I'm still like I'm like I just turned 23. Mm -hmm. So it's just like there's just not a lot of opportunity for shitty behavior to have happened. Shit. What? I mean, I'm not the, uh, uh, like I didn't. There's, there's a lot of opportunity. You're yeah. just not taking advantage of opportunity. Well, I. Fortunately. I was a loner. I didn't go out a lot. It mm -hmm. wasn't until like I was like twenty when I was like started like really becoming comfortable with being a person. Mm -hmm. So it's just like I just wasn't present in a lot of these opportunities. I just skipped right through them mm -hmm. <laughs> to be a shitty person. So like I've never had the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but everything that I've seen from like just like the media and like all these cases happening and everything happening and mm -hmm. just from being friends with a lot of women and all of that, like all, all my life, I just been like, oh, all right. <laughs> I know what shitty behavior looks like. I'm not gonna yeah, of course. do that even by accident. Yeah. Um, but it, it, something something's gonna come up in ten years, fifteen years when like something good is happening. Mm. They're gonna quote that one time I said nigger on a microphone, and then just like, uh. oh, he said the n word, and then just feel like, did you not know the context of a like joke? Like every so often, like like the whole nigger cunt thing that we had in like episode twelve or whatever. That was pretty recent. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I know something. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like. Like, all of that shit, at some point, it's going to, like, it's, if it's on the mics, it might come bite us in the ass, but then it's just like, fuck it. At what point, at some point, I have to draw the line and just go, like, I'm just going to say it. No, then, no, I mean, like, some, when things are yeah. jokes like that, like, nigger cunt was clearly a joke, you know, but... Uh, the way the, the reason the reason I thought about it with my music, if I'm yeah. listening to something that's heavily misogynistic, and then if I'm looked at as a person that I hold myself with a certain amount of dignity and right. respect, and then I'm willing to say these words, and yeah. then you know, and other women see it's like, oh, so that's how men think about women. Right. That's how men view women. Even though it's like that, my actions don't reflect that. The music that I'm listening to reflect that. It's just if any woman was to to come around while I'm listening to that. It just it doesn't reflect 
good on yeah, me. Yeah, no, it would you know? always look bad. Yeah, so it was just like, that's that's where I'm at with that. Because, like, I can't, if something's a joke and it's not meant to be cruel or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it's just like, this music isn't meant to be cruel, but it is downright misogynistic. Yeah, no, You know, it just, it just is and degrading to women, and I'm voluntarily taking part in it. Yeah. You know, so that's that's where I'm going, you know, with that. Cause yeah. like the, much... the, there's a lot of times where, like, I li- I've been listening to, like, songs from, like, way back when, mm-hmm. and then I'm just like, oh, man, this is really... Yeah, a little cringy here. It was misogynistic, a little bit rough, a little yeah. bit homophobic. Yep. What's happening? That, that's what I think about yeah. like Eminem. Yeah. It's like I was just rapping back to him, talk, smack a bitch, just say faggot, shit. It's just yeah. like all of that stuff was cool. Then like you listen to it now, it's like damn, like yeah. take it a little easier. Yeah, rough, right? yeah. Yeah. Take, yeah. take it, take it down a couple notches. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, on that note, it's just it's, just, it's a weird social climate to navigate because oh, yeah. like. Having heroes or people you admire in the industry is becoming increasingly difficult. Yeah. Uh, and without that, you know, like the people that without the people that you look up to as an artist, it's it's it gets challenging sometimes to make art because these are the people that you would reflect as an artist. You know, like mm. in terms of like art imitating, like art learning from other art. You can still learn from the art, but just right. You know, yeah. Yeah. But that's it's, about just it. a, it's a whole nother conversation that I'm not equipped to have right now. All right. Um, but yeah, on, on that note, um, you, uh, I, I, I don't have anything else to say, yeah, I guess. I had a it. thing in my head, and then I didn't have it, and then I lost it. So I guess we're just going to move on to... Train spotting. Train spotting, too. T2. And welcome back. Train spotting, too. Yes, uh, this is a list of T2 Train Spotting. It's rated R, came out in 2017, and listed as a drama comedy, has a runtime of one hour and 57 minutes. Uh, the rundown is there was an opportunity, then there was a betrayal. 20 years later, Mark Renton, played by Ewan McGregor, returns to the only place he can ever call home. There waiting for him are old buddy Spud, Sick Boy, and Begbie. Sorrow, loss, joy, vengeance, hatred, love, fear, regret, self-destruction, and mortal danger are also lined up and ready to welcome him home. Uh, The director is Danny Boyle. Uh, The writers are John Hodge and Irvin Welsh. It's based off the books Porno and Trainspotting. And uh, Ewan McGregor returns as written, Erwin Bremer as Spud, and Johnny Miller as Simon. Nice. Um, The guy guy that also played Bigby is the same. Same guy, yeah. 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 how to start? I we were gonna talk about this movie when it came out. Yeah, we were gonna go to the movies and they weren't showing it in the area. Right, there yeah. just wasn't anywhere to be found. Yeah. So now we're finally doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love the original Train Spotting. The first one was very good. It's one of my favorite movies. Mm. Um, I just I love the setting. I love how gritty and fucked up it is. I yeah. love the surrealness of the cinema, and I I just I really 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 love the original Train Spotting. So I was like a little bit cautious and apprehensive about a sequel to mm. Train Spotting, especially one that happens twenty years later. Yes, um, because those tend to not be great. Um, but I was honestly I was pleasantly surprised by t- Train Spotting too. Tr- uh, a surprise. Um, yeah. I, w- I I was I was surprised. Yeah. Uh, like because uh, the last movie was good, right. and this one. I wouldn't say I like it better, but I wasn't disappointed. Right. Yeah. yeah so that that was if, if if yeah. I guess if you were going into it expecting to be disappointed, mm-hmm. then you would be surprised that you weren't. Right. So okay. Yeah. And I like and part of me is just like it, it's weird because part of me is like oh, Danny Boyle is a great filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be disappointed by Danny Boyle, but mm-hmm. the fact that it is a sequel, mm-hmm. and the fact that it is a movie that's what now is it twenty like the movie actually twenty years old? Uh, the first Train Spotting. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Like it's it's around the same time. Like, like roughly. 
real time. Okay. Um, so, like, the movie that's almost, like, 20 years old, getting a sequel recently, like, who cares about the sequel? Like, what's happening? I'm glad that it was the same people involved. Yeah, 20 yeah. years. Uh, 22 years. Yeah. So, you know, like, I was, I was a little apprehensive about the movie. Yeah. And I was excited for it. But I was pleasantly surprised. I think, uh, I think it worked out for the best. Okay. And I love Ayo McGregor in, in Trainspotting, too. I mean, yeah, he's he's just a, he's a great actor in general, and like, yeah, he. I want. I was about to say he didn't stole the movie for me, but there's another character that stole both movies for me, and that's Spud. Yeah, Spud's fucking amazing. Spud's my favorite, yeah. you know, character from both. And I mean, I I love this guy's character. So I mean, where's some of the lines? What is he like? A well, they're all like former heroin addicts that are still on heroin kind of by we, by the time we get to the end of the movie. Yeah, Spud was still a heroin addict. Oh yes, by the beginning of the movie, but oh, yeah. he's. The only one that's been clean at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Rent after Rent left for the sixteen with the sixteen thousand quid. Mm-hmm. He was uh, you know, he was clean for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Got married, whatever. He did yep. his life back. Yep. Um, Sick Boy was clean of heroin, but he was doing cocaine. Lots of coke, coke and all then, the time. Yeah, and Bakeby was in jail. Yeah. the entire time. So yep. it's just like, it's just a weird group of friends. That got put back together in like like a weird circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> it was really weird because like Renton showed up back into the into the town and he went to visit Spud, yeah, uh, who was trying to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And just at the right moment, like Renton walked in and saved him. That was a nice scene too, as he's like trying to throw. Well, he's he's gasping for air and then pukes inside the <laughs> bag and they're like, yeah, that's rough. nice, yeah, rough. Looked amazing. Yeah, it it was did. rough. Oh yeah. Uh, so Renton like walks into everybody's lives mm-hmm. and then really just kind of stirs things up yeah. just by being there. Yep. Cause like, of course he stole 4,000 quid from everybody mm-hmm. and only left them to, sp- only left 4,000 quid to spot. <laughs> and and the, I love that line mm-hmm. where, uh, cause Spud is trying to kill himself. He was mm-hmm. like, uh, I gave you 4,000 quid. He's like, well, what do you think I would do with it? I'm a fucking junkie. <laughs> he was like, yes, yes, I suppose you were. He's like, I still am. <laughs> 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 what do you think I did with that four thousand quid? <laughs> Shit. Fucking heroin. Yes, That's immediately. Exactly what it did. Yeah, immediately. That's what I'm gonna do again if you give me that money. Like <laughs> he's telling you up front. There's a uh, man. I like. I I love this movie. I, I read a lot of criticism about this movie. Of mm. it being just a rehash of the first movie. Okay. Like to the point where like a lot of the same shots are recreated. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of visual references, yep. and he even includes footage of the first movie in this movie. It is. Yeah. Edits. Definitely. And like a lot of people, didn't like that. It didn't didn't feel that, like it, they didn't think that the sequel should be so much a rehash of the first movie. Mm. But that's the point of the movie. It's like being stuck in the past and like not being able to move forward until yeah. you kind of like see all your demons through. Yeah. So like the idea that that Renton went back to Edinburgh, I think that's what Edinburgh. It was. I Edinburgh. love that that line when um uh, when uh he he the plane lands and then there's a lady. She's like um. Welcome to Edinburgh. Yeah. And then she's just, welcome to Edinburgh. Welcome to Edinburgh. And then he walks up to her and was like, where are you from? And then she's like, Slovenia. <laughs> He's like, you know, because you're clearly not from here. Right. And you're welcoming everyone here. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, I love that little one. Uh, I, I, I fucking, I love the setting. I've, like, the setting was my favorite thing of Trainspotting 1. I okay. love that it's right back in the same town. Mm. I love that it's familiar locations, familiar shots. Mm. It sets the movie in a way that you you it's inherently familiar, but it always keeps refreshing itself yeah. with the new like sort of drama and plot that all these characters are going through. I love I love Renton's character mm-hmm. in this movie so much much more. 
than I than I did in the first movie. I I I didn't like written at all. Oh really? Uh, when I was I was re I was ready to give this movie like a like almost well whatever the rating was I was ready to put my rating like one and a half points higher right. when Renton just like accidentally almost hung himself to death. Yeah, you know, and then Bigby just holds on to him and just slightly pulls him down a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, had he just died, you know, right there, I'm like, because you deserve this shit. Like, you're a terrible human yes. being and you deserve to die, you know, and well, by the, the laws of this movie, you right. know, these terrible human beings. So I'm like, but, you know, because the movie is based on the, the friendship or the, the four-year-old friendship of uh, Renton and uh, Simon, mm -hmm. you know, in this. And Simon was like, yeah, these are all the terrible things that Renton did to me. And I'm going to bring him back into my life. I'm going to become best friends with him. Yeah. I'm going to make him think that everything is great. And then I'm going to fuck him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> when, he, when he least suspects it, you know, metaphorically. You know? Right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I, was, I was waiting for that to happen. But what I really want, what I really liked about the movie and what I wanted more focus on was that relationship. Because that's what the movie was really about, the relationship right. between the three of them or the two of them, but if you want to put Spud in there too. It was mainly about Simon Brennan and Simon. Renton, yes. but Spud played a huge part huge. at the end of yeah. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was kind of a supporting character by the beginning, like in the be in the first movie. Yep. And it, it was just kind of like comedic relief. But mm -hmm. in this one, they really gave him a much more dramatic Very emphasis, much. which I really appreciated. Because mm -hmm. he's kind of like, he's a character that a lot of people ignore in yeah. these type of movies. Yeah. And just the fact that, uh, what's the name of the writer? John, John something? Oh, the writer of this one, yeah. the movie, is uh, John Hodge and uh, Irvin Welsh. John Hodge and Irvin Welsh. Yeah. I really like the way that they, they interjected all the funny of the characters, like what they used to be. Mm -hmm. And then, like, they grew up proportionally. You know, like, 20 years later, I felt like they grew up appropriately. Mm -hmm. And then, like, they started taking more seriousness for their actions. And I, and I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I, I think the reason I liked Renton a lot is because I could tell that he was kind of like, uh, he was a... He was a dude looking for redemption mm. at the end of it. Like, it was, it was really trying to be a redemption study. Was he? Story. Like, well, <laughs> he was trying to get redemption. Okay. I don't think he got it. Definitely Because I think they're all awful people. Yeah. Um, like, like he was, when uh, Simon was explaining to his quote-unquote girlfriend, uh, right. what was the name, Veronica? Veronica I think yeah. He was explaining to his quote-unquote girlfriend, Veronica, the terrible things that Renton had done. And um, well, then he goes back and talks to uh, to Renton. He was mm. like, you remember uh, when we were younger and then uh, I had, there was this girl that I was with. And it was the first girl I was ever with. You know, mm. first girl you were ever with, too. It's like, yeah, what's the point? He was like, uh, you remember when um, we shot up heroin and then we shared a needle? Yeah, you used it first. And then I used the needle. So it's like, I have your blood in my system. And just talks about how it, ju it just sets up a past of how, mm. what kind of person Renton is. Renton is isn't the person that's going to use the needle after you. You know, it's me before you. Renton right. isn't the person that's going to get 4000 quit stolen from him is I'm going to steal from you before you steal from me. Right. And this isn't kind of the person that's going to allow his girlfriend to be fucked by someone else. He's going to come and fuck your girlfriend. And it's just like we set that kind of behavior of this is the kind of person that it is. And then when they sit down on the couch, he's telling him, like, that's my girlfriend. You know, don't don't look at her. Don't that that's mine. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Right, yeah, and know. you know that is set up for what this terrible character's person has been built up to be, that he's of course going to have sex with your quote unquote girlfriend. Right. Immediately. Like that's what, yeah. what this person is. And if he can fuck you over, he's gonna do it. I don't think he's a redeemable character. No, no, no. But I do think he's a likable character. Uh, I did <laughs> like him a lot. I mean, as long as you yeah. know. I, I guess he he's likable because, you know, he's electric. You know, he can mm -hmm. do type of things, but it's just like he's not a person you want in your, like, no, circle no, no. type person. Yeah, yeah. But he's fun to watch. But, like, as a character for this movie, because really he was the core of the group yes. in the first movie. Oh, yeah. He was really the shittier of the of the four, oh, yeah. apart from Bigby. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Which is why he plays just an antagonistic 
part in this movie. Yeah. I think because of someone that he came back into Edinburgh after his life fell apart. Yep. In what the fuck, Amsterdam? I can't uh, remember. Yeah, he was in Amsterdam. Okay. When he came back from Amsterdam looking for some sort of redemption, that's what, because he could have gotten back to Edinburgh and just never seeing any of his mates. Yeah. And just live life and then leave in a couple of days. Mm. But he wanted to come back and he wanted to, quote unquote, make things right. Mm. It just so happened that every time he tries to make things right or every time this group of friends get together, shit gets just fucked up in the most imaginable way because they're all fuck ups in one way or another and they all make the same mistakes over and over again which ultimately I think is what the movie's about I think the movie's about and and this is maybe a stretch but I think the symbolism of trains is really important for this topic Mm. because trains can only move forward and backward on the same track and they often loop around each other Mm. and so these people are just trying to move forward but they just loop around right back to where they started uh, every time that they're together and, and I think that's the core of the movie it's, it's sort of like a great cynical view on, on trying to correct your previous mistakes but making the same exact mistakes yeah, again I, yeah you definitely know just by the uh, I was wondering how they were going to connect that because like train spotting or track spotting you know mm-hmm. they are very heavily connected to heroin addicts right. you know you can see the tracks running up and down their arms so I'm like how are they going to connect this uh, this heroin jargon lingo uh, back into this movie and I love that. I think one of my favorite scenes was when uh, Simon and Renton, they're sitting there with this back. What, what is this back? It's like a digital television with screen. It's a projector. Like a projector. Degree, yeah. yeah. And they're just sitting there and then it flips upside down with them still sitting there and they're just smacked out on heroin. Mm-hmm. And it's just back to old times where even though this is supposed to be like all a ruse, you know, to where he eventually where uh, Simon eventually fucks over Renton. But no, like they're doing heroin together and yeah. having, you know, just reliving the nostalgia of their their youth. Oh, their past, yeah. yeah. And like that was a scene where I knew that like uh, there was there's no redeeming. Like when they did the heroin, it's just like I knew that there was no redeeming for these characters. Yeah. They would do the same thing over and over again if given oh, yeah. the opportunity. Yeah. But like the movie really is about coming to terms. Like as grown-ups, mm-hmm. I think they're they're coming to terms with what they did in the past. You know, they have that scene where they're in the meadows and they're talking about Tommy mm-hmm. and Simon goes like, what about that first set of heroin that you sold Tommy? And yeah. he goes like, all right, that's on me. And mm-hmm. then Ren goes like, what about the baby? Because mm-hmm. her dad was too smacked out on heroin. He couldn't make sure she was breathing right. Yeah. All of that shit, like, they jab at each other with the past mm-hmm. in order to try to make the future a little bit more bearable. Yeah. And then try to come to terms with it, but they never really can. And I think that's a huge part of the movie. The movie has this really cynical air about it, knowing that, like, there's no fixing what you did, and it, it will always drag you down with you. And But it's, it's, it's presented in a way that I, I think is really pretty in terms of writing. Mm. And I think a lot of that comes to, like, uh, one of my favorite parts in the movie is the monologue that he gives Veronica about the choose life, mm. which is, in the first movie, really sort of hedonistic and I was just like I chose not to choose life because what I don't need reasons when you have heroin yeah it's very hedonistic very unsensical kind of monologue mm-hmm. that just shows the rebelliousness of yeah. these characters but then in this movie it's just a much more cynical like look at society and like the current state of things mm-hmm. and I loved that monologue that was my favorite scene in the entire film no, no, yeah, that was, that was very nice, yeah. and to the point to where Veronica, she was like, "I like you." Yeah. A- after that, it was like, "There's something inside of you more than you know what is presented," and I like that. And that's where where you go into the he can be seen as a likable character right. because he does have those things within him, but he just makes terrible decisions. Right. And 
something that uh, so another thing that was just like they all had within every single one of them was none of them were willing to take responsibilities for their own decisions right. and their their own path. I mean, even um, Bigby, he's been thinking about something that happened 20 fucking years ago. Yeah. You know, it's like he can't come to terms with maybe some of my decision-making led me to jail. Maybe some right. of my decision-making is this. Like, nope, it's all this person's fault. If I can kill this person, if I can make this person pay, then my life will be much better. It has nothing to do with me. And, and Simon feels that way about Renton. Everyone, no one, Renton feels that way about things that are going on around him he doesn't understand that his decisions are the reasons why he's where he's at and in that i think the only person that gets full redemption or any kind of redemption will be spud you know because spud is spud kind of cleans up a bit or he he just sees something that he's like this isn't the life that i'm going i would rather be dead than continue to live this life that he was living and 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 i think it's important that spud is the one that gets redemption because there's one scene where they're reading the yellow pages Mm -hmm. And there's one page about Spud, about when Renton gave him the 4,000 quid. Mm. It was just like, he, he liked Spud, because yeah. Spud had never hurt anybody. Yeah. And just like, all right, like, he's the one character that yeah. deserves redemption. He just had yeah. a shit stroke of luck. Yeah. Uh, but it was self But the movie, like, every character in this movie has this, like, air of self-awareness mm. to them. And it's a sad sense of self-awareness. It's being self-aware enough to know that you're fucking up and mm. not being able to Do fix it. it. Yeah, fix it, yeah. And, yeah. and like, that's the case with Renton mm. uh, when he's doing that Choose Life monologue. Mm. You can see that he sparks back into that persona from the first Rain's body, which mm. is just, like, the cynical, overly, you know, dramatic, kind of, like, anti-society, like, anti-society mm. kind of persona, yeah. which I loved. You can see that Simon knows that even though he really wants to hate Renton, the only thing he wants to do is be back with his best friend. Yeah. And so, like, and that's what really creates a conflict between Begby and Simon and then Renton at the end. Mm. Uh, and then you have Begby that never, he's self-aware enough to know that he has a relationship with his son mm. and he wants to connect with his son so that he can be a better man. Yeah. But he doesn't know how to do that, so he tries to drag him into crime. You want to be in hotel fucking management? Yeah. Oh, it's a joke. Oh, I thought you were being serious. That's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? No, I've, I've but, enrolled in college, you know, uh, hotel management. <laughs> and Bigby, as much of a shit as he is, like, as much mm. of a shit person as he is, he yeah. has my favorite way of walking into a room and say hi to, buddy, say hi mm. to somebody. Mm. Ah, you cunt, you fucking <laughs> yeah. I just fucking love that every time. Mm. Like, the characters all feel so very real. Oh, yeah. And I love. I, I mean, I, lo- I love. I love the writing in this movie. It's all fucking great, mm. and just the. I. I. I the self awareness and the, and the cynicism, come like combined with the fact that time doesn't really care about you, and mm. you're just gonna be in a loop like fucking yourself over. I think yeah. is really why I think this movie is such a, a, a in terms, a rehash of the first movie, mm. and why it uses visual references and visual cue points from the first movie as much as it did because the point of the movie is not to advance these characters no and that's all it was almost why i wanted the movie to be t1.5 train spotting right. instead of t2 because <laughs> it's like it's a lot of the last and then it's like it's not really point 2.0 point you right. know but it's, it's like 1.5 it's like all right we're reflecting on what happened and then this is where we, we are there's not much advancement towards that but it's just this is where we currently are in life right and like and and but there's not much investment, but you can tell that these characters do like at the very end of this movie, mm. you can tell that the character really do feel some sense of regret. Oh yeah. And and sort of overbearing sadness mm-hmm. over what they did. That's very true. Mm-hmm. But throughout the movie, it's it's really just like Renton like Renton went back to Edinburgh because he was nostalgic for his past. Yeah. He was tired. Because he says this himself, he's just like, 
three to four years I could cope with. But mm. 30 fucking years, I don't know what to do with that time. Yeah. Uh, so he just wants to go back to make another bad decision to see if he finds another sort of purpose. Veronica says something about it too. She's like, you know nothing. You understand nothing. You live in the past. Where I come from, the past is something to forget. But here is all you talk about. You are clearly so in love with each other that I feel awkward in your company. Instead of looking at me, you should get naked and fuck each other. Right. <laughs> and she said that a lot in Russian. She was Russian, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so I fucking love that scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. And they really did were. Like, they were in love with the idea of being the same kids that they were mm-hmm. when they were younger. And yeah. that's, I think that's what the movie is really trying to say, that some people have no choice but to live in the past. And people are just enigmatically drawn to it because it made them feel alive. That was the uh, the time in their life where they were, and and, and it's unfortunate. It's something that happens a lot with um like high school stars, right. you know, people that were just the best football player or got the most attention at one point in their life, and nothing has quite added up to that in the rest of their twenty years since then. So they would just want to relive that, go back to the old high school town, and you'd be praised for that. And it's just like, yeah, he's looking for that nostalgia for that time in his life to where. It was fun and free and loose and just felt like he was on top of the world. Right. But you're, you're 20 years older and it's time to fucking grow up. And he was like, that's right. not fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, I think my favorite, like, because re- the shot where he gets run over in the first movie, mm-hmm. he gets hit by the car. Yeah. And then he laughs in front of the windshield is my favorite shot from the first movie. Okay. I just really love that. Mm-hmm. And then in this movie, when it happens again, when it's on the roof after Bigby slashes him. That's awesome. It's just like, I just really fucking love that shot reference mm. i love the reference of like in the club bathroom and like in stepping because in the movie it's, it starts in a dirty club bathroom i think it's the same bathroom oh no he goes through the toilet in the first one in the first movie, yeah, yeah 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 and then in this one he jumps to the same toilet and mm. he gets disgusted by it yeah so like i feel like there is a bit of character progression in terms of they don't want to go back to that life they mm. just want to feel the things that that life that used made to feel. them feel yeah and 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 i think that's I think that's really important to, like, what the movie was trying to do. Mm. And I think that's why I don't mind as much that it was a lot of the first movie because it used what is there from the first movie to tell the story that For it the wanted to yeah, tell. It definitely did. On the second one. So I really appreciated that from, like, a writing standpoint. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of there any more quotes that I really like. Oh, the uh, Simon and uh, Renton. When Simon's explaining, like, how it, it really is his girlfriend, because yeah. he asked me, he's like, have y'all even had sex before? He was like, yeah, we had, <laughs> we had sex once. <laughs> you know, it was like, just so you know, since we're having this conversation, I can tell you that fully consensual, emotionally driven, not-for-profit sexual intercourse has been attained. <laughs> just so you know. And Renton was like, Simon, you're such a romantic. <laughs> you know? like, just so you know, it is my girlfriend. I've had sex with her, you know, more than once, and, and she she was into it and like oh that that sounds great the way they talk to each other is my favorite fucking thing the what the way they talk to each other oh, yeah. like every one of these characters oh mm. fuck off you cunt oh yeah i just i love it i love it this is this is honestly and this is like a thing where like train spotting uh, is the kind of like british sort of crime movie mm. that i will always love no this is your bag like even with yeah. the um like the editing i see a lot in that well that's a lot of british editing um yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's that's right in your wheelhouse. And I, it made me think a lot about that when I was watching their editing techniques and just how you grew up watching a lot of uh, British movies and television shows, like, yes. heavily influenced. So I can Fucking definitely see that. Right up my alley. Yeah, I, I love, if I'm going to say it, if anything was my favorite about it besides the uh, the dialogue, because, of course, I'm, yeah. I'm loving the dialogue besides that, but the editing. Like, the editing I'm, really I'm good. in love with the editing. But, uh, but back to the dialogue, there was a part that I've been talking about on the podcast a few times about the taint and the gooch. 
<laughs> uh, so, um, so Veronica and Renton, uh, they're there, and um, and a lady Diane. Do you remember Di- what what TV TV show? Like the um, I'm not gonna be able to scrap scrap it well enough. Yeah. But uh, she's a lady that's talking about the perineum. Yeah. Do you do you recognize her I, from anything? She sounds. She looked familiar, but I don't recognize her off the top of my head. Yeah, but yeah, if you guys see, then you'll know what I'm talking about. I couldn't remember what, but she looked very familiar. But uh, her, her name's Diane in the movie. She was like, mm-hmm. "So are you the woman from the video?" And Veronica was like, uh, "My face is not seen." It's like, "Do you have any identifying marks, tattoos on your buttocks?" It's like, "Certainly not." Is it on your perineum? And then he's like, what the fuck? And then just <laughs> quiet for yeah. like two seconds. And then Renny written whispers in her ear, it's that bit of skin between your vagina and your bum hole. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's disgusting. And she's like, oh, so you're not vajazzled. <laughs> and like, what? And Renton just like laughs to himself. Yeah. Like I like that line, the vajazzle. Like, no. But yeah, I, I never heard that that um that proper name for your your uh, your gooch. Oh yeah, the perineum. Yeah, ne- I'd never heard it be called that. I like the yeah. gooch better, but uh but thank you for that, uh, T2. <laughs> I like that a lot. I yeah. love it. Uh, I, I, I really... The, okay, so the editing of this movie, I think, mm-hmm. it's obviously one of the greatest things about the movie. Yeah. There's something that uh, Boyle does that I find really fascinating, and mm-hmm. it's just like he stops in a freeze frame. Oh, no, yeah, yes, and yes. Then, but he doesn't cut action. away from the freeze frame. Mm-hmm. He stops in the freeze frame, it holds on for maybe like two seconds, mm-hmm. and then it continues the action from yeah. the freeze frame. Yep. I think that's so fascinating because it adds to the surreality of the, of the movie. Because mm-hmm. like, this is an image that he wants you to remember. Yeah. He, he cuts to those and like, when Big B, Big B is screaming, uh, chasing Rentner and mm-hmm. like Renton, Renton yeah. he just freeze frames on his face mm-hmm. before Renton is about to do the monologue. There's a freeze frame, yeah. and bef- when he gets run over by the car, there's a freeze frame. Yep. Uh, when they're remembering Tommy, there's a freeze frame. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and every so often, it's just like, just this freeze of time, and then the thing goes on. And it's just, it, for me, it kind of helps on the theme that everyone's stuck in the past, you mm-hmm. know, because they're always, the audience is literally always two seconds behind what's happening every time mm-hmm. he freeze frames. I, I like the, uh, speaking of the stuck in the past, when uh, the movie started, the movie didn't even really start for me until they were at the uh, the bar and they were doing like a karaoke of sorts, but they were well, they were doing original music, I guess. Right. But, oh uh, yeah, the Catholic thing. The, and the, the Catholics <laughs> were all gone, or the Catholics were no more. That song is just that just showed how long and how deep their relationship really is. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been doing this for like say twenty plus years. Right. It was like, oh, can I remember these chords? It was like it's f and fucking g. It's like yeah, you know, I remember <laughs> just these two chords, you know. So and, just, and then they they got everyone just hyped up, they're stomping their feet, and everybody's all happy and everything. Is just it's just showing like the bond of that relationship yeah. was much more than a ruse, you know that right. that Simon is presenting it as like their connection is so deep and it's more than any any connection that he has with anyone on the planet, even more so than hi, him and his quote unquote girlfriend. Right. You know. So I mean, that's 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 what the movie was for me was the 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 relationship between Simon and Renton. I wanted like thirty percent more of that, mm-hmm. but that I enjoyed that more than anything else in this movie right. was that relationship definitely. So, I think I think I. I got enough of that aspect of the movie because mm-hmm. I got to see other relationships like Spud. Mm-hmm. And then I got to see the the little bit where he interacts with his parents. Yep. So for me, all of the character moments for Renton were kind of fulfilled okay. in terms of like, yeah, the movie was about that relationship, but mm-hmm. I don't think Renton could have offered anything else to that relationship than he already did mm-hmm. because of what he was as a character. And I don't think Simon could have done anything more than when he did it than he was emotionally because of what they are as characters, you know, the kind of these stuff sort of 
Scott, like Scottish heroin addicts. Yeah, I so mean that's like, that's what I wanted to see. I mean, just if right. you if you can put them in a living room, just have them sit there and talk the, the stories that they're telling about their past mm. and the foreshadowing of what their future is going to be. It reflects the mirror of they're the exact same thing. Like right. your past is what you're currently living. Your future doesn't project much differently from what your past is. Mm-hmm. And I, I would have just enjoyed a little more of the one on one sitting there in a room okay, okay, talking. Okay, okay. Not 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 moving the story along in yeah. any in any just way. Just them interacting. Just that interaction between yeah. them because that was some of the better parts of their dialogue and their banter back and forth with each they other. They had a lot of really fun interactions. A lot of it, that's yeah. true. And like fucking the the surrealism of the movie, like that was great. Strange Spotting One was very surreal because mm-hmm. a lot of the time they were heroin addicts. Yeah. And they were high in heroin. Oh yeah. But in this one, how do you get away with that surrealism without having your characters do heroin all mm. that much or do any kind of hallucinogenic? Mm. And I think that the just the style of the film really lends itself to that because we got this it sort of looks like you know how you have lsd flashbacks the surrealism of the movie looked to me like heroin flashbacks from the first movie you know what i'm saying okay where like they're not doing the heroin but just the fact that they're in the same environment kind of triggers a little bit of surrealism Uh, I like the the text on the walls and the text on the persons when yes. they were going to. That's some of the stuff I was uh, referencing into, like how I could see Brian Archie uh, no, all through that type of thing. So good. Yeah. There's one scene where they're talking about the past and there's a car driving and mm-hmm. then the scenes from the first movie are being projected car. into the car. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, I Very love nice. that shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shot when they're becoming friends again, like they're watching television and celebrating after the first, like after the Catholic thing. Yeah. And they're like talking about this guy who's the greatest footballer of all time. Mm-hmm. And Renton's talking about the first McDonald's and Simon's talking about some other shit. Yeah. And you see like it's all loud and happy and whatever. Yeah. And the only thing that you can see really that they're talking is just like the letters that are coming off of their body mm-hmm. when they talk. Yeah. I love all of those moments like that. Um, there's a really subtle moment when Spud's battling his addiction mm-hmm. where he's sitting in a corner. And the previous shot was him looking into the bag of heroin. Yep. And then he's sitting in the corner in the in the shot after that, and then the shadows looking into the bag. Uh, I just like all of those tiny little moments mm-hmm. of surrealism that are not over the top. They're not meant for you to really like, you know, be like, all right, I get, I see what you're doing. They're mm-hmm. just kind of there to add into the experience. I just fucking love. Oh, they're right. so good because for me, like it's it's using. It's why I love it. Go right. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't, like, sure, it's a film, and sure, it's bound by some constraint of reality. Mm. But as a storyteller, you have all these tools that you can play with. Yes. And it doesn't really matter if it's reflective of natural life, you know, as long as it moves the story across. Mm. And Danny Boyle is one of is a couple of the other filmmakers. I think Guy Ritchie, Edgar Wright, and this guy are yeah. three filmmakers that I know use that very, very, very well. Oh, yeah, British filmmaking, and, I guess. Yeah. That's that's the, the thing. Oh, yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. I fucking love it. All right. <laughs> I just wanted to gush over like the surrealism and the editing because it's oh, yeah. so fucking good. Yeah, if I'm if I'm that's these so these specifically like Train Spotting or Train Spotting Two, like I'm I go back for those movies as far as like research and the technical technical things that they're doing. Right. Like um same thing that I do with Requiem for a Dream is like when I'm looking at these movies, even past entertainment, mm-hmm. I enjoy it more for how technical these uh, technically good, very good it is. Yeah. You know. I think I think Train Spotting and Train Spotting Two become reference for me in terms of dialogue and editing i think that's just like they're just so good at that definitely for editing them yeah it's so fucking interesting very nice yeah. and i love that kind of back and forth really quick witty dialogue that mm. guy Ritchie has yeah edgar wright not so much but guy Ritchie and danny boyle and martin mcdonough are known for mm. like this really 
sort of snappy back and forth repetitive dialogue yeah and like the characters repeat things a lot like the first there was an opportunity then there was a betrayal that gets yeah. said like seven times oh, at yeah. the end of the movie yeah. uh we have the choose life monologue mm. where renton starts every sentence with choose 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 mm. and I'll, and I, I just i love that because it grounds everything in reality it grounds mm. everything in the way that people talk and people think they're all patterns oh yeah and the movie is really just a return to an old pattern. And I just fucking, I fucking love that. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. I think that's all I got to say about Transponding, too. Same. I mean, talked for a lot. <laughs> what would you give it? A 1 out of 10? I think I'd give it like a, like a 7.5. Right. Yeah. Because I loved a lot of what the movie did. And I mm. loved the characters. And I loved everything. Um, but I, I, for some reason, I can't emotionally give it anything more than a 7.5. It just doesn't feel like that kind of movie. Mm. It's still got its its flaws in terms of like storytelling and yeah, like, very much yeah, you know all that kind of stuff like technicality and some some things were weird, but yeah, I'm a, I'm going with a seven and yeah. just because it's not well not just because but a mm-hmm. good reason because it's not a standalone movie right. like I couldn't bring um I couldn't have a, a movie night with my girlfriend and then her enjoy the movie because she hasn't seen anything before right. so it's like this movie is heavily grounded on that the viewer has seen the first movie right so like as a standalone movie I can't go higher than a seven if you've seen Train Spotting one and ready to see this then yeah I could go a little higher yeah. than a seven but yeah and I, and I haven't se- I haven't seen Train Spotting one since like maybe like a year and a half years. ago. Oh, well, I was about to say like 10 years ago yeah. for me. No, I, I saw it recently. I saw okay. it like maybe two years ago. Okay. The original train spotting. Yeah. And like, I still remember the original train spotting. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, I think it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. And, I, Very and unique. watching this one, like, you just need bare minimum information, I think, from the from the first movie to watch this one. But just, it really does help that yeah. you watch the first one. Very much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So 7 and 7.5. Yes. I think. I think phenomenal movie. If you're into that style of cinema, mm-hmm. like like I am, I mean, it's right up my fucking alley. Yeah. So if you're into that, I think it's a phenomenal movie. Don't recommend this movie if you're just looking for a fun movie. Mm-hmm. No, there's a difference yeah. between like being entertained and being and seeing the things that are technically very good about it. Because yeah. I say this a lot about Dunkirk. It was like technically, yes, I will go back and reference a lot of things in it. Mm-hmm. But if you're going just for entertainment, you might not be super happy about it. Yeah. But this movie does. It's not like um, Train Spotting Two is entertaining because it damn well is. Right. You know, it's damn well entertaining. But if you haven't seen the first one, then yeah, watch the first one, then watch the second one, and then have a damn good time. Yeah, but it's not the kind of movie that you want to introduce to somebody that's not. Into movies. You know what I'm saying? Oh, hell no. Because it's just like, going to be like, why the fuck am I watching heroin addicts? Like, be sad. Just like. It's, yeah, especially Trainspotting 2. Like, right. if you're going to recommend a movie to someone sight unseen, then recommend the first one. And if yeah. they like that one, then yeah, they'll Show go to the second one. For yeah. sure. All in all, I think it's a, pheno- as, 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 I think it's a phenomenally well put together. It's a good movie. Like, yep. So, that being said, we're going to cut and then come to television and movie premieres. Really, the fun of it just comes from being visiting like all of the Disney World, you know, movies, yeah. and then like playing through them. It's fucking fantastic. I love it. Okay. Uh, fucking first came out 16 years ago. Yeah. And for 16 years, I never beat it because I got to the last boss, and then they would just push my shit in, and, and I couldn't like beat it. Yeah. Couldn't beat it. And so, and Saturday, I fucking did it first nice. time. First fucking time. 16 years. Hell yeah. Childhood me was. Cry. <laughs> it was. It felt so good. That has like to. for sixteen years in the back of my mind, there was this like knot in my brain. It's just like you haven't, you haven't finished yeah, Kingdom Hearts. Unfinished. You're yeah. right there. You piece of shit. Just mm. finish it. And then I finally did it. Nice. Finally did it. It was lit. Hell yeah, man. Anyways, television and movie premieres. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, this week in television and movies, uh, this is going to be the week of Tuesday, June the 19th through Monday, June the 25th. Uh, the first one's going to be Friday, June the 22nd. Been looking forward to this for quite a while. It's Marvel's Luke Cage. It's going to oh, be coming fuck, back. That comes out already? Oh, yeah. Nice. I saw it and finished Jessica Jones. Just oh yeah, yeah this second was season, yeah. second season still good, not as entertaining as and fun as the first one, but eh, it's hard to endorse that second season, man. Because mm-hmm. like I got through it because that's what I kind of do with those shows. I right. binge them, but it wasn't a fun getting through it. It's <laughs> like it took it took five episodes to be like, all right, I understand what all of this is, and I, I can just start digesting six, seven, and eight. Right. But it's just it takes a while to get into, and it's yeah. not as Sorry entertaining. About season two of Daredevil. Okay, I, I can understand that. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, it's it's a bit burdensome to watch the rest of it, but it's you can get through it. Uh, but this one's Marvel's Luke Cage, the season two. It's a drama. It's going to be on Netflix this Friday. So if you've been anticipating that, then go ahead and binge the, all of that. Who's the baddie now? Do we know? Uh, I'm sure they they've announced it, but I don't yeah. I don't know. All right. I don't know. That's a Luke Cage, Friday, June the 22nd. Uh, the next is going to be Sunday, June the 24th. Uh, the 2018 BET Awards. Um, it's always a big thing every year, and a lot of people watch it. I haven't paid attention to it in about 10 to 50. Probably, I, I don't think I've watched the BET Awards since Tupac was alive, okay. so about 12 years ago. Okay. Ar- around the same time, Trainspotting 1 came out. Oh, interesting. So, like, 1996, so, yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> pe- people are still watching this pretty heavily, and I assume that it's going to be a very big deal. So um, This is the Black Entertainment Network Awards, right? Mm-hmm. Black, Inter- yeah. uh, Black Entertainment Television, yeah, Black but it's, it's a network, but, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be Sunday, June the 24th at 8 p.m., uh, the next thing is going to be Monday, June the 25th, Double Dare, a game show on Nickelodeon. Used to freaking love I Double Dare. Double Dare vaguely. Double Dare, though, the, uh, the host was Mark Summers. And then you could either you could either take the dare, the Double Dare, or the physical challenge. Right. You know, and the physical challenge, you're, you're going through all this different kid stuff, and there's slime, or there's like a little ball pit, or all these different things or whatever. But they have a new host, uh, Lee, Lisa Koshy. Koshi, K O S H Y, look at Kushi, Lisa Kushi. Kushi. Probably, it sounds Japanese. Yeah. But uh, she hosts the revival of the classic family game show Double Dare. So um, I don't know, I might, I might have aged out of the show, mm-hmm. but the the kid in me wants other kids to watch it just so it's back <laughs> on television. You know, it stays there. But uh, that's Double Dare. Shouts out to Mark Summers, bro. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's it for television. We got two movies wow, that's coming really out. True for telling. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's longer than last week, but that's true. Yeah, it's, it's not not much. Um, have you seen how many good movies have been? Like, I was looking at um, like movies I've seen or we've seen or done for the show. Mm-hmm. Like since April, that shit has heated really up. Really good movies. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like there's there's just been movies. War, Deadpool, Hereditary, yeah. Incredible Two, apparently. Incredible Two just came it, out. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jurassic World. Jurassic World's coming out. out. Mission Impossible. Uh, the new Mission Impossible coming Impossible out soon. Six. Oceans. Yeah, you think you said Ocean's Oceans? Eight. Yeah, I mean it's a lot. Yeah, like, a lot of movies. Since that's April, a good year, for, that's a good year for cinema. Yeah, and then that's not to count like all of like the sort of the small in, the small releases. Yeah, too. yeah. Like, it, upgrade. Yep. Hereditary. Yep. Uh, I'm just those, only those reason ones, yeah. only reason I'm I'm bringing this up mm-hmm. is because we're gonna hit a real bad patch soon. Oh, you boy. know, so it's like from April till like July, August is gonna be great, and then like the end of August, 
through like September, October, like like November. November. Yeah, Yeah. to like November. We're going to get like... Exactly. So we're about to hit a four-month dry patch. (laughs) And then like from November, from the middle of November and through the end of December, there's going to be like 15 movies that are all coming out around the same time that's like you're not even going to have enough time and money to see all these good movies that are going to come out all at the same time. We're going to talk about them and we're going to see like, I didn't see that one. This is that one. Like, why didn't you just spread all this out, you know, instead of giving it to us all at once, <laughs> you know, but yeah, but um, this this first movie that's coming out is uh, Igby gets the fuck across town. That's Izzy, that's Izzy, 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 not yeah. Igby. I'm keeping Igby, Igby goes, goes west. west. Yeah, everything yeah, about that. But uh, Izzy gets the fuck across town. It's uh, 86 minutes. I'm, I'm already sold by the title. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> 86 minutes of the comedy drama. A woman at rock bottom must find her way across Los Angeles uh, to order or in order to crash her ex boyfriend's engagement party. Oof. Ooh. All right. All so right. no little, one of note. Rough. Hmm? A little rough. Yeah, that's very, very rough. Yeah. Okay. Find a way across Los Angeles in order to crash her ex-boyfriend's engagement party. I, I, you know what? I'm kind of interested. I'm a little interested. Is it get over it? But yeah, I'm, yeah, but definitely get over yeah, it. Now yeah. I assume that she's gonna, you know, learn some valuable lessons right. on her way through Los Angeles on her bike. She'll like meet people that she's hitchhiking and yada yada yada. You know what? You know what? Like, mm-hmm. I want I want her to not. Mm. I want her to not learn a goddamn thing. Oh. I want her to go through LA mm. being a shitty ex-girlfriend, okay. get to the wedding, and just fucking make a fool of herself. And, and ruin the wedding. <laughs> just ruin the wedding and just fucking make a fool of herself mm. throughout that whole process. I want her to not... Like, I like the idea of her learning lessons and start redeeming him, herself. Yeah. I, I think that, like, everyone that's writing nowadays mm. is just so so past that. I think oh, every every like a lot of the movies that I've seen lately mm. have just been like redeemable characters be fucking damned. They're just so past it. I got a movie for you, yeah. Charlize Theron. Uh, it's called uh, Young Adult. Young Adult, Charlize Theron. It used to be on Netflix. I think they mm. took it off though. But she starts as a terrible character and she ends the exact same, same way. way. <laughs> Nothing redeemable for her whatsoever. She's a writer for she's a YA writer, young adult writer, mm-hmm. and she goes back to her old hometown where everybody thinks she's all great and popular and everything, but her life is really shit. Cause she, I mean, she's a writer, so she's like you. I mean, you, you understand how yeah. it is too. Like most of her time is holed up inside of a room in front of a screen. You know, just. There's clothes and empty food boxes everywhere, yep. you know, and then she goes out in public and everybody was like, oh, yeah, we love you, we love you. It was like, get the fuck out of here, shit. Like, she's, yeah. like, not used to dealing with people because most of her life is secluded and right. she treats people like ass, you know, but she's a great writer, you know, but anyway, but she's not redeemable whatsoever. One of my favorite movies is Young, young Adult. You know, can't recommend it because it's not a. Fu- it's you know, it's, it's it's bad when like it's not when the the main character that we're following through the movie doesn't have the arc to where they they either become good or have some type of redemption. Mm-hmm. It's hard to recommend movies like that because they're gonna come out as a bummer, and people typically don't like people those don't kind like of movies. Bummers, man. No, I like bummer movies. Me too. I like movies that make me feel like. Yeah, that, that's how life can really happen to yeah. you. <laughs> you know? Like the, one of the main reasons I lost was Army Man was because. At the end, he's just kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There's not some magical mystery. Nope. Nah, nope. dude, just kind of crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's um, that's Izzy. Get the fuck across town. Uh, and lastly, this is another sum- summer blockbuster: is Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, PG-13, 128 minute runtime, an action adventure sci-fi movie with a whopping 52 meta score. Wow. That's mm. a lot less than I expected. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. Like, I, I, I'm not a Jurassic guy. Mm. I've never been a Jurassic guy. Uh-huh. But the trailer for this movie was really well cut. The second trailer that they did for okay. this movie was really well cut. All right. And I was into it. I was just like, you know what? That trailer might have gotten me into the seat. 
Mm. So I think I'm excited for the movie just based on that second trailer alone. Yeah. Because I'm not a Jurassic guy. I, I'm not a, I used to be a heavy Chris Pratt fan, but I'm mm-hmm. starting to fall off the Chris Pratt bandwagon. So He's just uh, in a lot of things. I mean, he's in a lot yeah. of things, but it's like I want him to elevate it. Is that there's a difference between an actor and a movie star, right. and I was really hoping he was going to be an actor, but it's turning out that he is just a movie star, right. and I'm not happy about the choices in movies that he takes, and I'm not happy about like the dedication to this craft and the roles that he's taken either. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the hugest flags for me was the uh, the Passengers movie. Yeah, I was like, why would you? Did you read the script? Why did you take this role? You know, it's just, I, it's like yeah. you can you can kind of be past that. Like you, he did respect for like, the, and the reason why I thought this was his trajectory was when he um, he was in Catherine Bigelow's The Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the early two thousands, and that won Oscars on Oscars. I don't know who was in that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you know what? Back back it up. It was either Hurt Locker or Zero Dark Thirty. Both of them produced by Catherine Bigelow. Both of them nominated and won Oscars. He wasn't in both right. of them, but he was in one of the it two. Was one of the two. Yeah, he was in one of those two. Yeah. So um, I was like, that your career trajectory can be that, but instead, you know, it's the movie blockbuster movie star type person and if that's what it's going to be at least give me a little more into your acting craft you yeah. know but well that's the thing like when you're when you're tom cruise level movie star you know which is kind of what chris brad is leading to mm. you don't really need to act i mean some you just don't gotta be tom cruise some yeah. don't but it's just can you give me a little more like that's i had the same gripe about um about will smith right. when he was in his prime you know doing all these movies after movie after movie. i'm like you're the same character bro yeah. so why, why don't you i mean you're just a movie star can i get some depth to who you are and now then he had to branch off of that he was like okay i'll give you seven pounds and i'll give you like all those indie pursuit type, of happiness, the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. yeah yeah and concussion he was like i can act i can do this and i can do that but it's like instead of giving me okay this is i'm a i'm a good actor let me show you i can act blockbuster can i have Decent acting in a blockbuster. Yeah. You know, Denzel Washington could give that to me back 10 years ago That's to true. where he'd be in a blockbuster and still give me a good acting performance. Not so it's like, baby. yeah, I'm just, you yeah. know, it's like, it's not, it's not like a terrible, like you don't, you don't see it from everybody across the board, but that's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. And Chris Pratt isn't trying to do that at all. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, all right, go be a movie star. I'm happy for you, but I'm not supporting that with my money anymore. Right. Yeah, like, no, I feel that. I feel yeah. that. But, but, but go see Jurassic World. <laughs> 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 go see Jurassic World, though. <laughs> I mean, Bryce Dallas Howard, I'm very happy that they're finally giving her her money. There was something about in the first movie, like, she wasn't being paid equal uh, money yeah, she to... she paid, like, half of, yeah. of and she, salary. Yeah, and she's getting her money now, so happy for uh, for Bryce Dallas nice. Howard. So support the movie if you're into the Jurassic franchise, but um, 52 Metascore says it all for me right there. Fun fact, do you know that Benedict Cumberbatch has mm-hmm. said that he will not work yeah. on any sets unless the female co-star gets basically the exact same he does? Yes. Fuck yeah, Benedict. Hell yeah. That's how you do it. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Fuck, man. The industry's a fucked up place. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I, th- I guess that's it. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say. Yeah. Uh, I'll do the spiel. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can find us on Twitter at underscore FFS podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the FFS podcast. And you can find uh, us on iTunes first day <laughs> <laughs> fuck you can find us on iTunes uh, at for film's sake uh, just search for for film's sake on Google Play Music as well god that was a clusterfuck <laughs> that was just a clusterfuck you can find us on iTunes if you search for the name for film's sake same as Google Play Music app Stitcher and I think that's it uh, my personal Twitter handle is at Brian Achilla. I'm at T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z fuck hey. I'm, I'm just gonna go drink after that fucking outro that's rough anyway thank you guys for for listening we'll see you next episode Uh, hope you enjoy the train spotting too if you'd like to watch it